Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Prime Time with Sean Mooney. It's hard to believe that this is our 26th episode. And what is even more amazing is, listen to this, we just passed our one millionth download of this podcast. Incredible. And I want to thank all of you who have been faithfully listening. And I promise I will continue to track down more great guests to have on talking about the greatest era ever in the history of professional wrestling and, of course, beyond. Because sometime we do go into uh, other years, but uh, for the most part, we talk about the greatest period in professional wrestling. Uh, we had a great episode last week with my good friend Coco Beware. Uh, Coco was great to have on and uh, shared some awesome uh, I would say very candid stories. It also happened to be our first episode that earned an E for explicit language. But, you know, as I mentioned, Coco is a very passionate person and I want to keep it real. I mean, really. Uh, so I kept the language in as it was delivered so that you could truly understand uh, Coco's rage when he was talking uh, about that story of the infamous fight in Brussels with the WWF executive. Um, I also, though, loved hearing some of his other great stories, though, when he was talking about Frankie and his first trip to the ring and how you know Frankie was biting him and how they had to take the cage apart. Uh, great stuff. So uh, if you missed it, really, you should go back and listen to the Coco Beware episode. Uh, we've got another amazing podcast as we're about to get nasty. I think I gave it away. That's right. Brian Nobbs of the Nasty Boys is my guest, and I promise it's a conversation uh, you're going to remember. Uh, Brian was one of the wildest, funniest, baddest dudes to ever roam the WWF. He's going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes, but I've got some business to take care of first. Now, uh, first of all, as I mentioned, uh, we wanted to surpass 500 likes. We have done that on our Facebook page, our Facebook page, Primetime with Sean Mooney. Uh, we're way past 500 now, so stay tuned because uh, as we wrap up the podcast today, I'm going to announce the winner of another one of the unreleased, unseen matches, 1986 to 1995 DVD. I'm going to select a uh, friend of ours randomly from our Facebook friends, 
and I'm going to sign that DVD, and wherever you are in the world, I am going to send it to you. Uh, this week, kind of exciting. Uh, I'm going to be heading back to the land of the WWE to shoot something special for an upcoming event. I'll be giving out more details over the next few weeks about that, but I promise you're going to enjoy it. And I'm really looking forward to going back uh, east and seeing uh, a lot of my old friends from the WWE. So uh, that's coming up. Uh, keep those emails coming. You can, of course, connect uh, with me via email at primetime at mlw.com. I'll repeat that, primetime at mlw.com. And, of course, through Twitter at primetimemlw. That's at primetimemlw and also at Sean Mooney Who. Okay, now let's get to the main event. He is a former WWF superstar who I believe was one of the most entertaining individuals in the ring, out of the ring, and definitely behind the curtain. He was one half of the most recognizable tag teams in the history of the WWF, WWE. He is a member of the Nasty Boys. Brian Knobs joins me on the podcast. Brian, thanks for coming on and welcome to Primetime. How are you? Hey, Sean. Hey, thank you for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. This is just like old times, like when he did prime time there on, on uh, Mondays. Uh, we actually taped it there at uh, good old Stanford, Connecticut. Yeah, you, yeah, you and Bobby the Brain, it was yeah. priceless. Yeah. And you God bless Bobby the Brain, by the way. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that was a big loss for all of us. Anybody who got to spend any time around uh, Bobby, uh, that that hit hard, and uh, oh yeah. man, he was he was the best man, awesome as can be. And until I got I gotta say, you know, I went to a lot of comic cons. His family's good friends with my family, you know, and uh, his wife was always with him. But and even until the end, there he would always crack a joke. Even when I see him at the comic cons, he was always telling, you know, you know, Bobby, and his yeah. spirits were so high and so always so positive. And I love him to death, man. I mean, really, you know, I just, what a, what a great person. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right about that. You know, even though uh, he had, you know, those those last few years were, were really tough. And, uh, but it, I, I thought like one of the, the cruelest thing that could, could have ever happened to Bobby Heen is you took his voice away. But you're right, though. He still would, uh, you know, uh, be able to get that humor across with with some of the expressions that he had, some sometimes he used his hands or right. one finger, his finger wife, in his particular. Wife understood him very well, you know, yeah. and would would like you know interpret what you know the, the end of the joke, and and he always came out with funny geez. He, he always makes you laugh. It was it was just Bobby never lost his sense of humor. It was it's just amazing, and and I miss him really dearly, you know. Yeah, and we all do. And I know you made a few of those trips to Stanford when we were doing primetime and. Uh, you know, it was kind of, it was a short uh, period of time that we actually got to do that with the live audience there. And, but we had a lot of fun. We got to do all kinds of skits and everybody got to come in. And I know you guys came in a few times and it, yeah. you know, you guys are always among my favorites. We took yeah. over the building. Yeah. And then, one, and then what was that? The, the, the little guy with the glasses. We, oh, we, uh, we, we gave him pity city. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We used to have that guy in this, uh, I forget what his name, name was anymore. You know, well, that's so, uh, yeah, he was Bobby's sidekick for a little while on that program, but uh, yeah. we really, we really did have a, a great time doing the those bits that uh, and at TVs too, as well. But uh, man, I, I really it's great to have you on, and you guys used to uh, <laughs> you guys used to crack me up. I mean, you guys, one thing people can say, you always had a good time 
uh, no matter what you were doing, uh, if it was in the ring or wherever it was. But uh, that is absolutely the case. Um, I want to, you know, we always kind of start this uh, the program by, you know, we want to finding out about where you come from. And uh, I hope that I'm correct. I know you grew up in Pennsylvania. What, did you grow up in Allentown? Uh, yes, we actually grew up in Whitehall, uh, Pennsylvania. And it's just a, a suburb of Allentown, but it's right. the Lehigh yeah. Valley, you know. And yeah, me and Sag both. And we both grew up, uh, actually, we met when we were uh, 10 years old. And, uh, really? <laughs> yes, all the way back when we were 10. And we played Little League baseball together. And he was the first baseman. And I was left fielder, and uh, I would die for everything that was hit to me, every pop fly, even if it was in front of me. I had to make a spectacular catch, and Sag couldn't stretch that that far. So, you know, the shortstop and the third baseman that used to make sure they threw him in the dirt, and they would always come up because he was so big at the time, even back when he was 10, and, uh, you know, would hit him in the chest, hit him in the head, but he would always block the, block the first base. So it was it was a heck of a combo. And when I saw Sag, he, he already you know, he has that missing tooth from hitting the post uh, with the Rock and Roll Express. But when I met him at 10, he was, uh, you know, uh, had half of his tooth was chipped off, you know, like. Like you don't have no tooth, the same tooth that uh, you don't have one in now. (laughs) And uh, I said, man, what happened to you? And he said, oh, my, I was in a BB gun fight with my brother and my brother shot it out. And I went, all right. (laughs) All right. Now you have to, you have to give us some background because unless you, you come from that part of the country, you don't understand what those towns are like. And I can imagine what it was like when you were growing up, but give us, give us some idea of what it was like to grow up in Pennsylvania at, at that uh, period of time. And it's in a very strong cultural uh, part of the world. Uh, you know, give us a, kind of a, an idea of what it's like to grow up in a town like that. Well, uh, you know, back in, in the day that there was a, it was a very strong economy there because the big jobs were yeah. Bethlehem steel, where you had the yep. steel mills, you had the cement mills, everybody and all paid good money. And that's where, you know, my father worked. And, uh, he worked, uh, you know, for the cement mills and, and, you know, uh, some other of my relatives worked for Bethlehem steel. My uncle worked for the cement mill and my father, uh, you know, during, you know, just growing up, he knew how to work on cars and then he became a mechanic. And then after he, you know, uh, he put a lot of time in the cement mills, I think almost 20 years, then he went to be a mechanic and he ended up being the, the head chief mechanic for the township of Whitehall you know, fixing all the police cars and all the big trucks that go out with the cinders and all that stuff. And my, my uncle was cement mill guy till, till he retired at age 70. So, you know, and my mom, you know, she was used to work and still was stay at home mom. But a lot of, you know, back in the day, um, you know, there was about three different families that lived in the house I grew up in, you know, uh, and then that's, you know, that's how it was big, a lot of family, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Slovak, German, uh, Italian, you know, a lot of different, all different kind of nationalities there and a lot of good, uh, good cooking, uh, you know, and, uh, good potatoes and, uh, you know, uh, holupkis and progies and just getting, you know, the strudels. I mean, no wonder I grew up to be that big, but, uh, <laughs> and sag the same thing. He's Slovak, you know, cause you know, our real last names are, are they're, they're cut down a little bit, you know, so, you know, Sags is his last real last name is Saganovich. And, right. you know, me, um, I'm Yandrizovic. So the first time I ever went to wrestle, you know, we went up to, 
know, Vern Gagne in school, but the first time I was ready to go out, Raider Crippler Stevens said, what's your name, kid? And I said, Brian Andrizovic, sir. And he goes, what? I said, Brian yeah, Andrizovic. He goes, which you're going to have to change that shit. And I didn't know what to do, but on my arm, I had tattooed my nickname. And I got my nickname from my uncle, Ruben, who, you know, used to, uh, you know, say, you know, I would steal all the knobs when I was a kid off the TV, off the handles and this and that. And <laughs> chew on them. And my uncle from? gave my, yeah, but yeah, my uncle gave me the, my, the, the nickname knobs. So we all, when we were 16, SAG 2, we, all of our buddies, JT, Lorenzo, all, you know, all of our crew, car poots, they all went, we all got, we only had money and we all got tattoos of our, our nicknames. So yeah. when Freda and everybody had that, one, right? Everybody had a nickname. Yeah. Everybody had a nickname, you know, we had, you know, all the guys had some, you know, we all called somebody something, you yeah. know, and everybody got a tattoo and we only had, you know, 15 bucks was the tattoo. And it was, you know, <laughs> uh, when, when Ray Crippler said that to me, I went, uh, I was kind of panicking. What do I say? I looked at my arm. I said, Brian Knobs. He goes, that'll do. Get out there, kid. And that's, that's how Brian Knobs oh. was born. Thanks to my uncle Ruben, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you talk about these families now, uh, you, you know, you said a strong Slavic uh, 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 communities in there, and uh, among others. Uh, yeah, but I'm was, Austrian you know, like... German, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm Jan Drizovitz is Austrian German. Now, that's my grandmother said the Bugenland, but when I went over to Germany to wrestle, they actually went German. That's more like Polish German. So <laughs> there might be some Polish in there too. I don't know. So a lot of Polish people up where we live, also. Yep. You know. That's right, and uh, you know, and just tough blue collar. Hard working folks. I mean, they just yes. and and a simple and a simple way, you know, a uh, uh, way of life. I mean, you you there are what the, it's right and wrong, and there's not much in between that. Um, so, I, I just get it when I think about you as a kid. Um, did you have a, little, a tough time then following the rules? Uh, did and and it uh, wasn't yes. you, it wasn't. Uh, I think they called it a dope slap. I imagine when I was a kid, you know, like you did something. Like, what uh, was that uh, a regular part of your <laughs> your uh, upbringing? Well, or? <laughs> well, well, not Sean. You know, I was an altar boy. So. Yes, ab oh, ab yep. absolutely. I was, an, I was an altar boy. I'm I'm Catholic, and I was right. an altar boy back in the day, and. Uh, the priest did have a thing called the magic wand, which was a stick, like a. And, and my wife told me, at my my wife Tony, she's from Tennessee, so they had something called a switch, but we called yeah. it a stick. And you would have to bend over, and when you did wrong, and Father Rufinock would give you a couple good whacks. So yes, I was getting whacked a bunch of times <laughs> when I was an altar boy. You know, I just imagine you and uh, Jerry. You and Sags hanging out as kids, you must have just been hellions. Uh, am I? Do I have this all wrong? Uh <laughs> well, we 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 had we had a blast, and then when Sag left, because he was from Hawk and Dockwell, I'm from Styles, right. but it's still called the whole section's called Whitehall. You know, the but the little towns, the littler towns, like you were talking about. There's Copley, there's Northampton, there's Styles, there's Hockey. Sag came from Hawk and Dockwell, and their crew were. Uh, uh, Hockey Park. Well, at the time, Sag didn't make the team down there, so he came up to our team and played, and that's how we met. And then in high school, we went to high school together, and then, you know, had a crazy time there, and Sag was uh, one hell of a football player. Uh, they went undefeated uh, their senior year, uh, Whitehall Zephyrs, and then he had a scholarship to go to, uh, you know, uh, Virginia, and he had to go to Ferrum to get his grades up first, you know what I mean? Uh -huh, and I yeah. went in the service after, after, uh, you know, high school. So, uh, so trying to, trying to get, uh, 
are things lit up the team. We were crazy in, in high school and, and uh, you know, caused my dad, uh, I know, a bunch of gray hairs and my mother <laughs> probably if she didn't diet and along with SAG. So we were, <laughs> we were quite the pair and, and all of our guys that we hung out with were, were definitely, you know, um, kind of on the wild side, put it that way. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, so, voted in high school most uh, likely to cause chaos. I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know what? Never, never, never really bad stuff, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kids. Stuff we did, you know, you, even today you would say, oh, you know, it's funny and that, but nothing really major. You know, nothing like, you know, people are doing today and it's ridiculous, but don't. that's another subject. But anyway, yeah. lots simpler times back then, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and, you don't get to uh, become you don't become a professional wrestler without being um, a a great athlete. And uh, you yes. mentioned you said uh, you know Jerry was was quite the football player, and I I imagine you were a pretty good athlete too. I, I wrestled I wrestled in high school uh, uh, two years, uh, and then though know, after that I just you know was trying to actually went to tech school to be a mechanic like my dad, you know, and that was good money, right? Yeah, and so. Uh, after I was a mechanic for, you know, just right as I was graduating high school and then SAG was going off to college, uh, I decided to go in the army. So, wow. you know, I went, I went into service after I got out for uh, two years. What was, I went, uh, for 13 Bravo cannon crewman and, uh, you know, I went for the $5,000 bonus and I didn't know it, uh, declared uh, being out in the field for three weeks out of every month and then you come back and then you're at you know back in the base for a month and then back out in the woods again and doing you know playing the you know my part as a, a cannon crewman for 13 bravo uh, in fort hood texas you know so <laughs> so that was very a lot of fun you know i you know served i was in for two two years and then uh i was out and then sag was out of uh, college and we got back together in um, Allentown, and if you thought we were kind of wild when we were in high school and uh, you know, grade school, you should when we got out, <laughs> both got out of the army and college, and we kind of grouped up back together. Uh, band we was back together, hell, we were raising some hell around the Lehigh Valley area, that's for sure. <laughs> you got the, when I was there was the rest of the gang around too, all the uh, the other guys with yes. the nicknames. You got yes, everybody with the nicknames. JT. Who are, the, who are some of the other boys uh, that uh, some of the other boys? Okay, JT was one of them. Joe Thomas. Oh. Well, if you speak to him now, it's uh, Lieutenant Colonel Thomas. He uh, retired wow. from the Marines yeah. and now works in Annapolis. He's kind of a professor in Annapolis, and he's also he, he does a lot with the football team uh, with Navy. You know, yeah. wow. so. Yeah, so he did really good, and Hoots is, was another one of our, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, good old Hoots. He's and yeah. he's a jackhammering man right now out in the out in the roads uh, there in PA, and he was so uh, wild and crazy. He was in the army with me, you know. Uh, we went in. Uh, uh, them guys went in buddy system. Him and Lorenzo, and then I followed about three months after that. You know, we were all down in Fort Hood together, and Lorenzo I grew up with since I'm in first grade. And, uh, you know, uh, he's still a friend and he's a, a meat inspector in uh, Maryland. So, and, and carps are mechanic where he's the head mechanic where my dad used to be the head mechanic for the township, you know, so half, all of us crazies actually turned out really good and everybody's got, uh, families and grandkids and stuff like that. So yeah, everybody knock on wood for the wild, crazy, uh, you know, styles gang 
that we used to call each other, you know, the Hock and Dockle gang there. Uh, we all turned out uh, really decent and, you know, good uh, good people, actually. Yeah. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, and who would have thought what, uh, what uh, you know, Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags would uh, end up doing. Um, how did the, when did the wrestling come into your life as, as when you started uh, thinking wrestling that? Always, the wrestling has always been in my life ever since I was small. I've been really? watching since I was, yeah, I, 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 you know, born in 63. I think I was already watching in 68, 69. Yeah. I remember uh, uh, Larry Zabisco against Bruno right there at the, uh, 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 you know, Chase Stadium, old Chase Stadium, Pedro Morales, Victor Herrera, you know, uh, Pampiro Furpo, uh, Fuji and Tanaka, you know, wow. going to see everybody. And they used to have TV in Hamburg, PA, and yeah. Philly. Uh-huh. Okay. And in Philadelphia, down in Philly, they uh, uh, the studio down there in the center city where they had it down in Philly actually caught fire and burned. They needed another place to film it. So they moved Philly. They still did Hamburg which is only like 45 minutes away from about 40 minutes, maybe from Allentown. And they moved the TV taping to Allentown. And that's when Zabisco hit Larry over the head. And, and that's the first time Bruno, uh, Larry hit, uh, Larry Zabisco hit Bruno over the head. And that's the first time Bruno got blood. He was laying in a pool of blood and the people went crazy. Yeah. But right there at the fairgrounds in Allentown, they used to film TV for the WWF. Uh, back in the eighties, you know, back like 79, eighties, they were, they were, uh, right there in Allentown. And my, uh, my friend who still owns the bar ringers roost, it's called right across the street from the Allentown fair, right by ag hall. Well, his one of best friends was Arnie Skolin. Uh, you know, Andre used to come in there and you know, Sean, because you, if you've been in the business back in the day, yeah. the guys, you know, while TV was going on, we'd go over to the bar. It was right across the street, drink a few, <laughs> then go back a and few. do what they yeah. had to do. Al Samoans, Afin Sika, yeah. you know, and I even has a school up there in Allentown, you know, wow. and yeah. the rock went to, to the Lehigh Valley too. The rock went to Deer of high school and Rocky Johnson, the, uh, his dad, who I know very well. You know, they still have a house in Bethlehem, he said. You know, he just told me that the other day. So, so I mean, you know, the, the area where we're in, the big wrestling area. So it was great. And and my buddy Don, Don Ringer, who owns Ringer's Roost, he still has it going. Now, since me and Sag became really good friends with him for the last, oh, 15 years or 20 years now, we got, we have updated his, you know, all these pictures he has. He has pictures of Dominic DiNucci, Mr. Fuji back in the day. And guess what? He had a big picture that was on the wall in, in the one end of his dining room. 
and it had Andre with five other waitresses, two on his arm and one kind of on his back. Yeah, I seen that picture. But uh, yeah. you believe somebody stole it off his wall? He didn't have it. Like, but about, about seven, eight, nine years ago, somebody stole it off his wall. Wow, you know. Yeah. So that so went ahead and tried to get him as many autographs, and he's been with me on different things, and he meets a lot of guys. But Arnie used to come in there religiously, and Arnie got him and gave him tickets. They sat him in his account, sat in the front row for the first WrestleMania. Wow. So, really so how did this? Out. How did it? Uh, you know, like you said, you were you were a fan uh, your whole life, and and you're and you're right. You know, forget. I mean, Minnesota certainly was a huge territory, but a lot of folks don't know what in that area, Pennsylvania, and plus you weren't that far from from New York. So you probably got to see a, a lot of these guys. When did it start becoming, uh, you know, something for you to you you became interested in to say, hey, you know what, I might give this a shot. And then how did that shot happen? Well, um, here's how it happened. <laughs> we were uh, both got, you know, we're sags out of college now. I'm out of the army, and yeah. uh, you know. The nasty boys will be nasty boys. I, that's all I'll say about that right there. But then we got, got back home and then we were got back with the gang and was, you know, pretty wild and crazy and uh, got in some trouble here and there. And my dad, as I said, was the he was the head mechanic at the township, at the Whitehall Township. And, uh, you know, so the, the cops, you know, regularly knew his son's name coming across the deal. So, so you, you say, wait a minute now, Brian, you say, you said trouble. Now what, what uh, level of trouble are we talking? <laughs> oh, well, Chris McCarolyn naked with a bunch of the guys, you know? <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, then, you know, then when everybody came, we're, we're all running naked, you know, splitting each other's ways to, so he yeah. wouldn't get caught. But Sags got caught. <laughs> <laughs> Did he always get caught? Was he <laughs> the, the the cop the the police officer that pulled yeah. us over? His name was Sefcheck, and later became the chief. But he came up and he, said, he saw it with Saggy. You Saganovich, yeah, you again? You should yeah. be ashamed of yourself with the little thing you have. You shouldn't be doing. <laughs> so we got you know he got off and he get but stuff like that. You know what I mean? Nothing really major. <laughs> no, you know, like. Trouble, You're not trouble, backing but, trucks up at the back of stores late at night or not anything no, like no, that. Nothing, no, nothing like that. You know, always, it was always for rowdy or or crazy or having or fun in some fights or getting in fights with uh, you know at bars. Usually it was usually it was with the bouncers. You know that would have cop an attitude and then you know you know so uh, you know you something here and there. You know, <laughs> but nothing nothing uh, that was get arrested for nothing like yeah. that. Okay. You know what I mean? So, but uh, when it got to a point, uh, our good friend, me and Sag's good friend is Matt Millen. And for those who don't know who Matt Millen is, he played a long time in the NFL. He has four Super Bowl rings. He yeah. started, he was a big star at Penn State, first of all. And he's, he lives, he's about five years older than us. And he's from Whitehall, Whitehall High School. He's from Hawk and Dockwell, you know, and, uh, you know, everybody knows everybody. So, you know, right. who Sags' family, the Millens knew Sags' family very well. Well, his brother Eddie went to school with us, graduated us. He passed away now. You know, he's been passed. So uh, he uh, pulled us aside and said, uh, you know, he wanted to talk to us. So he took us over to his house. I think he's, I don't know what your first, maybe the third, second, third year he's been playing for Oakland Raiders. You know, that's who he got drafted by. And uh, he said, hey, man. You know, I love you guys to death, but you, you keep on doing the stuff you're doing, you're going to wind up in jail, and, you know, you definitely don't want that. So he said, uh, you know, you got you to gotta do something, you know, uh, with your life here. So 
Is that now, okay? how, how old are you at this time, at this point in time? 20, maybe 21, 22. Yeah, you're back out of the Army and you're just... Uh, at, at about 21, 22, yeah. Yeah, okay. And, and so then, what, did he, what, what happened then? Well, you know, well, the, bar, the main thing was the bar fighting, you know, getting in the bar fights. You know, we, got, uh, we were known for that. And so you're good at it. <laughs> we didn't lose too much, put it that way. So, okay, okay. So anyway, when Matt sat us down and told us that, you know, he looked at me because he knew, you know, me from when I was small and everything, you know. So he just said, uh, you know, Nobs, you always loved that professional wrestling. Did you ever try to, you know, try to maybe go in that? Uh-huh. And I thought to myself, well, that ain't bad. And I looked at SAG, and SAG kind of liked it too. You know, SAG, you'd watch it, but I was really a fanatic. I was like, <laughs> I was crazy over it. I went when I was a kid to Hamburg, you know, and superstar Billy Graham. I, I'm going to ask Vince if he ever has which episode. I don't know what year it would have been, but uh, when superstar Billy Graham came out, we made shirts that superstar is number one, and we were showing them like this, but, you know, when they just had the rope around the ring, I was so excited. I was a little kid. Yeah, and Superstar got on the apron, then went like you know way to the, the the cameras. Then he looked at me and pointed. I went, "Oh my God, he's pointing at me!" He came down, took my uh, Superstars number one shirt, and gave me his Adidas shirt that was huge. You know, at the time, all, yeah. you know, Superstar was so huge. Yeah, he but, was uh, huge, yeah. Yeah. So and then I was so happy I got his shirt. He gave it to me. I was holding it up, and I kept that for years to say I got to grow into this size if I want to be a pro wrestler. But I go all the way back to then. So after he said that, you know, I thought, hey, that's a good idea. Me and Sag talked. So then we proceed to you, you be our nasty voice selves and stalk George the Animal Steel after TV tapings in Allentown. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we were would try to ask him questions, this and that. And our one buddy was a manager at the Quality Inn where they all stayed. And then one night we were back and, and he was, you know, out in the car and we kept on driving around, driving around, driving around. So he finally called us and he called me because our, the manager of the hotel gave it to George and George called us and he said, come on down uh, if you can. And, you know, let me take a look at you, you know? Yeah. And I said, Oh my God, I'm, I'm so sorry, Mr. Steele, but I am working and SAG is working. No, we can't come down. And here George had Jimmy Schnooker, Bob Orton Jr. I think Paul Orndorff waiting to stretch us. You know, uh, so yeah, yeah. he was waiting to stretch us. So, uh, so we did that at the time. He told us after we got in, and uh, we said, "Sorry, Miss Steele, we can't we can't make it down." He goes, "Well, if you guys are really serious, the only camp you should go to, and you need to go to, is Vern Gagne's camp. That'll either make you or break you." Yeah. So we so then that's when we wrote the letters up to Vern and Brad Reagan's You know, got a hold of us. We gave we had to give references and everything. Matt Millen was one of our references. You know, it was a real, you know, like you're filling out an application for a job. And we went up there and paid our money and we stayed on the bottom of Brad's house. So the camp was right there. When you wake up, you go outside, there's the camp. We went five days a week, four to five hours a day with Brad Reagans, who's 1976, if people don't know who he is, is an Olympic bronze medal winner and then in 80 they boycotted the olympics but in 1979 world games he beat the russian so if he would have beat the russian the year the next year which he beat him once already he would probably won a gold medal in the 80s but then he yeah. went to Pernganya's and you know if you you met uh, i think sean you met brad right Brad, yeah i'm sure brad. i'm sure along the line i did but i want to get back to this before because you, you 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 know you, you just don't 
get into Gagne's school. And and it, it, I don't know if George was if he saw any talent in you guys or he was just trying to get rid of you by having these guys stretch you. But talk a little bit about though, Brian. Really, uh, how uh, you know you just don't show up and and a door gets opened. So how how tough was it to and to get well, in at that point? Say, well, first of all, like I said. We had to fill out an application to go up there and references. And they called Matt. They called Matt. And that was helpful because Matt Millen played for the NFL. Yeah. You know, and they liked athletic. You know, Vern always liked athletic ability. Saw SAG was football, went to Ferrum College, you know. And, you know, so they looked into us. We just didn't get, okay, come on up, you know. Yeah, and they still stretch you, right, to see see what you're made of. Yeah, and and Brad and, and Matt Millen told us, hey, they called me about you guys. You know, I gave you a good reference to, you know, go up there. So if you go up there, do a hell of a job, you know, yeah. do what you got to do, you know. Yeah. So yeah. when they said, you know, you're accepted, we we went up to Vern's and, you know, and believe it or not, <laughs> we went up to Vern's with these haircuts. We had these, we, you know, and you, you know. The, the side shaved and the, and the party in back going already? <laughs> already stepping over the line though you know because yeah. we didn't know what road warriors were at the time yeah, we right. did we got yeah. w no, because we got the wwf right. so we did we never got nwa so we didn't know who the road or, or awa you know we yeah. didn't know who, who uh the road warriors were at the time but, but a lot of people thought we were trying to imitate them coming up but we just had this crazy idea to give ourselves mohawks even six months before we got into the business we just got uh-huh. Me and Sag gave ourselves Mohawks for some reason because we're not crazy, yeah. you know, but uh, that's how we, we went in. We went up to camp like that. And I want to tell you, just if anybody's seen Ric Flair's 30 for 30, because he went through the same camp, uh-huh. they go and we started with 22 people and me and Sags are the only ones that's that, that made it through. And I, the only that's reason like that, seal camp here. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, am I worried? How many, how many started? 22. And you were the only two that lasted. Yep. Wow. That's okay. because our car broke down and we lived on the bottom of Brad's. We were stuck. You had nowhere there to was, go? There was nowhere to go back home. We were stuck. You know. right. uh, the, but there was too much stuff. There was no way we were going back home. You know, yeah. we, we had it in our minds. I mean, Sag had, I had broken ribs. Uh, and Sag was urinating blood during the thing. And I'm telling you, they really... No, it wasn't only Brad. Billy Robinson come down. For those who don't know who Billy Robinson is, he's an actual, you know, he's not just a pro wrestler, but he knows how to shoot and break ankles and legs. We had a lot of people come through that knew uh, Jeff Blatnick, who's not even a pro wrestler, would come down and just throw us around, you know, give us the thing. And for three months, Sean, the wrestling, professional wrestling ring never got put up. We wrestled on wrestling mats, mm-hmm. just doing different stuff and you know, drilling in, you know, conditioning, real wrestling, which yeah. is uh, the Greco-Roman style, then round yeah. robins, Brad Reagans, who's an Olympic champion. It was, it was crazy, uh-huh. you know, and, but it, it got you in the shape. And it, I must say, best thing we ever did. And it taught you respect for the business. It really did. That's what, that's what they were about back then. And I'll tell you, I heard stories about, Stu Hart's camp also, yeah, and about right. Eddie Camp's camp down in Florida, and that's the way it was back there. There was a few good camps that you know, if you went through them camps, you got accolades from different promoters that you went and finished that camp. And like I said, Rick Flair's thirty for thirty. Yeah. 
him and Steamboat both went through the camp and were talking about Vern's camp. And man, they went out to kill you. They really did. Well, they wanted to see if you could uh, you could last because uh, you, their name was on you once you left that yeah. camp. So but, right, and you know what. You would no way because of, you know, and you know what? I know times have changed and everything, but there's no way that no one would be able to have a camp like that these days. Cause you, you know, you know, with, uh, you know, human resources or, or oh. anything, <laughs> yeah. you, you would never have a camp like that where you yeah. go and torture people, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what it was like. Yeah. The best was Sean when we were after we four or five hours after Brad beat the living tar dog out of us then yeah. Vern would come every once in a while with his suit on and then take off his suit down to his down take off his shirt and get down on the mat and then stretch us even more where <laughs> kind of, even though Vern was a tough man and knew how to yeah. wrestle back in the day but he was getting up there then you know he's but was probably late 60s or whatever but he would shoot on us after we after five hours of Brad torturing us and put us in them holes that you're screaming for your life almost like Stu Hart did you know, and and Billy Robinson, Ray Ray Stevens was really good though on the work. And Wahoo was stiff. Wahoo too would come up and kill us. But Ray was always the uh, Ray Stevens, the crippler, would always be there with the psych, psychological part of the business and really tell you you got to do this, you got to do that. You know, so but but all of them combined. You know what I mean? And then also when we in '88, then when we came down here, another one of our mentors and liked us real good was Dusty Rhodes. I mean, I mean, how can you beat that? I mean, the American yeah. dream. And up there, after we got through camp, even before we were done with camp, they were all partying, the AWA guys. So you had the Road Warriors there, Mr. Perfect. Uh, I forget who all the, the, the top stars were at the time. And, and I said, uh, yeah, we're, we thought we were going to call ourselves the mercenaries. You know, uh -huh. I said, we're the mercenaries. And when we get done with camp, we're going to be partying with you guys. And now, Oops. years later, when I thought about that, you know, I'm laughing because I, I imagine what they were thinking. Jimmy Schnickel. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, what are they thinking of me and Sag coming up? Hey, we'll finish with that. We're going to be partying with you guys. Like, yeah, right, you brony. <laughs> Who are you anyway? Get out of here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it, it worked out good. You know, it was really, it was really good, good, uh, you know, like when we got out of camp, before we got out of camp, I swear, Brad Reagans called Kurt Henning. And said, I want to tell you, uh, Kurt, I got two guys in camp that you're going to love, and I think they're going to make it in the wrestling business. He told them that before we were even out of it, when we were just with Brad. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. then all of a sudden, Mr. Perfect got involved, and he was truly a mentor to us. I mean, really? right from the beginning. Oh, yes. Oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, he was. And, and and with ribs and everything. He was taught by Fuji, you know? And, yeah. And, and his dad was such a great wrestler and a good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, Larry but, the Axe. Right from the beginning, 86, yeah. man, took us under his wing. I got to, I take my hat off to him and wish he was around here. I love him. I miss him every day, man. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, and he was definitely one of my favorites. And he was the prime time. Was he not hilarious or not? He oh. was just naturally <laughs> funny. You know what I mean? He yeah. would always come up with something. Yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, this is, we're talking like, this is 85, 86 right now. And uh, with, with the AWA, was that really your first, uh, you know, when things really started happening for you guys? Well, they took us right in. Yeah. Right after. I mean, that's a off. great that's a great place. I mean, to start. I mean, most most of these guys would have to go down to these smaller territories in Georgia, and you know. Uh, well, so just right to wrestle, Sean. We yeah. paid our dues. The first thing we did was we had a job, ring truck driving. Right. We really. Ring for about six months, I think, around about five six months, and we were still wrestling on the side, you know, here and there. And sometimes if we, we set up the ring, they would have us wrestle also and then rip down the ring, you know? So we were, we were paying our, we were paying our dues while we were doing it. Right. And you're so, still doing matches at this point in time or are they, uh, you're basically well, every once in a while they would put boys. us in a match against somebody to get our, our, our asses kicked, you know? Right. Yeah. So they would put us in a match, but mainly we were there to drive the ring. So then, uh, you know, then two, two things started happening. One time, one time the ring didn't show up to a town, but it wasn't our fault, but we got blamed for it, of course. Yeah. You know, that was one thing that happened. And the next thing that happened, and then we also would referee. We refer, you know, we, we would set the ring and ref before we ever went to wrestle. Then then they would, after we were good with the ref, and then they put us in the wrestling matches. So it was like, all paying to do. <laughs> wait, wait. You know? So <laughs> the ring didn't show up, but it wasn't your fault. Uh, no, that no, sounds I like swear, a great story. I, I think <laughs> there was another ring truck driver, and he tried. He was around for a while, and he blamed it on us. But nobody contacted us to to bring the ring, even though the ring was parked at Brad's. You know, oh, and okay. Something. We got all the heat for it. Put it that way. We got the heat right from the get go. And the Rockers, who were Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, didn't help the situation either because they became good friends of ours too. So, <laughs> but not at that point. <laughs> Yeah, but there's still, I got to tell a quick story. So we're we're late to the ring, 
And, you know, it's still at, even in that time, the, the main eventers, which were like Kurt, um, I guess uh, Colonel De Beers, Buddy Rose, you know, they were yeah. all right together. I think Jimmy Schnooker was with them. And they're riding to a town and they're late. And they're coming up and Kurt tells the but Kurt used to tell the story and he's riding, he's riding and he looked up like to the left and they're ready to pass. And he goes, man, that looks like uh, our ring truck. And everyone goes, that can't be the ring truck. We're late. The ring truck's already set up. <laughs> Don't they pass the truck? And there's me and Sam. They waved at us. We waved at them. They got there before us. We got there. And boy, after getting the good, you know, butt chewing, that old ass chewing, we, we, we got the ring set up and then you know, bygones would be got bygones. But when the ring didn't show up to a town, that happened after. We got blamed in, in the, when we got called in the office, Vern said, Never in my 29 years of being in this business did the ring never show up to it. <laughs> would they put? Would they have to put mats on the floor? <laughs> well, I know they. I think they canceled the show. They didn't. They didn't oh man! So oh, it cost them. It man, cost them money. Really wasn't our fault. I'm telling you, we yeah. we caught a lot of geef for that, but it wasn't our fault. So then they decided finally to say. You know what? Let's just put them in the ring and beat them up. <laughs> yeah, we can't trust them with the ring, so we might as well put them in it. Is that what it came down to? Yeah, that's what it came down to. You know. So, so. but were you were, were you originally did were you the nasty boys from the start, uh, or did well, you have some other gimmick? Ourselves the mercenaries. Okay. And then before uh, we ever got to, to you know we wrestled singles for for just a little bit you know at the TV shows. Uh, you know, as Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags, and there wasn't too much of that before they teamed us up and rarely ever, and you knew it back in the day, there was always a veteran with a young guy. It was never two young guys ever tag teaming together, ever. At that at that time, it was always they put a young guy with a veteran, but mm-hmm. somehow they put us together because we grew up together, you know, but uh, before we, uh, uh, you know, got into actually wrestling as a team or anything, we, you know, we went out with Donna Gagne, which was Vern's daughter, and she was out with us, and we had a good night. Blah, blah, blah. This happened, and we went, we went back, and then the next morning we got to the office. <laughs> this <laughs> happened, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> was well, it well, something wait, that I, would have upset Vern? Is what? what the, oh, no, it didn't upset Vern. We we uh, we just acted. We were kind of like acted ourselves from Allentown. We were wild when we went out, little uh, crazy, little uh, wild, and you know. It's just like we always were, but didn't cause no trouble or nothing, but drinking, had a, had a great time, but, uh, you know, got a little bit nasty. How can I say, you know? So when we got back to the office the next day, she was at the office and she called us in and she says, hey, I want to talk to you guys. And we said, yeah, how you doing? Donna? I, we had a great time. I said, she had a good time too, but I want to ask you guys, you want to call yourself the mercenaries, but last night I went out with you and you know what? He's acted like a bunch of nasty boys. I just want to <laughs> tell you. And also, me and Sag looked at each other and went, "Man, that that's a good name." And we go, "Okay, Donna." Did she goes, "Well, you know, and sometimes when you go out, you have to calm down, this and that." But when we left there, me and Sag kept that in our heads and yeah. said, "You know what? That's what we should call ourselves, the Nasty Boys." So it was uh-huh. with help and and going out with her that night and acting our crazy nasty self that got us the name because she said it to us. And right when she said it, me and Sag said, Man, that's that's it. A "Great name, yeah." So what about the gimmick, though? I mean, how did you guys decide, you know, the, the well, coats, first, the haircuts? The... Hey, first, we were the nasty boys. So the only, the only, when we, our first outfits were spandex gold tights with a, a resting <laughs> top, black, and our, our bodies weren't best. 
Okay, but it was like an Olympic top, like uh, Kurt. <laughs> But we had the, and that was black and spandex. yeah. You guys were never accused of being bodybuilders, right? That oh, never no, was something. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we came out with these gold spandex pants, regular wrestling black wrestling boots, and the uh, Olympic black spandex. Uh, you know, like Kurt Angle Olympic tops. There, you know. Huh? So, but we went over that. We wanted to say, we, well, we should have leather jackets or something. So. We couldn't get leather jackets at the time. We didn't have the, really the money. We we're just starting. So we went to the big woman's plus store and we found uh, uh, big ladies uh, <laughs> raincoats that were shiny black raincoats that looked kind of like leather. <laughs> uh, Kurt used to go, what did you buy that pleather at? Yeah. Pleather. <laughs> so, but it actually shiny. worked on TV. It was shiny and they were actually... Uh, <laughs> A large women's a large women's store. Okay, women's store. Women's raincoat. What are you wearing? I'm wearing uh, big and tall women's. <laughs> <laughs> and then we put glasses on, and then so we had that kind of look already going on. But, then, but it wasn't from like the movie, like the Road Warriors kind of because you have that. That's kind of the look, you know. The yeah, we we never thought about the Road Warriors, yeah. you know, because we we then had known who they were, and they came up with the spikes and everything. So we were yeah, but the, I don't mean I don't mean like that look of of like the Road Warriors with the with the, the I'm talking like the movie, you know, the the Mel Gibson uh, with those, you know, everybody had the 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 shaved side of their head, and and I think that I don't I didn't it come out about that time. We never we never we like I said we shaved our heads before we came in, so yeah. that was we even thought of that that movie either, and then. We, we thought about the leather and the glasses ourselves, and we still had the Olympic stuff on. And then until we got down to, we left AWA, but we were there a year, about a year and a half. And in 87, we went down to uh, Tennessee, you know, uh, Je uh, Jerry Jarrett's territory with uh, Lawler, uh, Jerry Lawler, the king. And the king is the one that's called us in one time and said, hey, you guys call your nasty boys. And you got the, them, you know, kind of looking like leather jackets on dark sunglasses, but you know, you don't really look like you're from the streets and stuff, you know, yeah. well, you know, uh, you know, you get, you should think more on that fact. And then after that, we, you know, we got back to our apartment, we were thinking, and then right away, you know, my, my subject was our bodies don't look that great, but our arms look good. So why don't we wear, you know, a, like a cut off sweatshirt and cover up our bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and just have our arms hanging. Say, well, that ain't a bad idea. Then we said, we'll put our names on the front, you know, and then maybe splash the shirt like a graffiti, you know, like it's on a wall. Uh. And he goes, yeah, maybe we were, me and Tag were just going back and forth to each other. And then we came up with that. And then we got the, the, the little black, like biker gloves that the fingers are cut out, like Rocky Balboa wears in that second movie. Yeah. Okay. You know? We got those. And then we came back with that and they, you know, they liked it, but Lawler goes, that's good, but this is what I would like to do. And he's an artist, so he actually painted our faces, not like the Road Warriors, but different styles. So I had a different shape, and I had a different shape. And then when he wasn't around, we had to do it ourselves, and it looked like uh, kindergarten kids finger painted us <laughs> on the face. So, so we inside really hated it. Didn't you know? quite have that talent Lawler had, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so after we left, we we, were, we spent about a year and a half down there, and then uh, AWA called us back up. We went back up to the AWA, and uh, that's when we got rid of the paint, and then we started really honing in, you know, on, you know, 
Tennessee helped us good because we were wrestling every night. Uh, we won the, you know, the Mid-South Tag Team titles down there. And, you know, there were a lot of good people down there. Bill Dundee, Rocky Johnson, the Moondogs were down there at the time. I mean, the RPMs. And then Jeff Jarrett was only a kid at the time. We kind of, you know, took him under our wing. He was just starting out, and we were at about a year or two in. So Jeff, what a, you know, still a good friend to this day. Uh, great guy. And, you know, we just... A lot of good people, a lot of good input, and you know, uh, just just had a lot of lot a lot of fun down there. Yeah. And another uh, famous announcer. We went from famous announcers to famous announcers because <laughs> Lance, was, uh, you know, he was an unbelievable wrestling announcer too. You know. Yeah. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, you know, uh, Brian, you are, you're perfect for this podcast when we talk because that, we I get off the track all the time, and we certainly have, certainly have done that. But, I, you know, it, it's just so interesting to see how, you know, these characters come together because it's it's all part of your performance, uh, you know, of, of what you're going to – how you present yourself. Then you've got it – then you've got to actually get it done in the ring. And, and so uh, let – you know, take me on a little tour here of like when you guys really started getting serious, where you were, you were getting, uh, starting to see you're becoming among the elite, that you're getting better and better as professional wrestlers, because you, know you had to uh, do it. You had to perform. Uh, you couldn't just was, look good. Well, like I said, it was a different time. Now, now, now yeah. remember we, we, we were in AWA. So, uh, Sean Michaels, a really good friend of mine. Also, he used to live with us at Brad's for a while you know, and, uh, and Marty Jannetty, who at the time they were the up and coming guys, but they were doing all the real wild shit of, you know, different good combinations, you know, sliding underneath the legs, yeah. doing yeah. really, really some amazing stuff. Yeah. And then Buddy Rose and Doug Summers, Buddy Rose was an unbelievable worker. So it's sometimes who you work with also that helps you out, even though Sean's only like a year or two, I think maybe one more year in the business than we were. And Marty was uh, maybe uh, one or two more years in the business than we were also. But it's the people you work with. And also that every day, because uh, the Rockers actually came down to Mid-South and was down there with us for a while, too. And Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond, uh, who, you know, were the Orient Express in the WWF, they were down there at the time. So a lot had to do with riding in the car talking, you know, all of us together, who's ever wrestling. And a lot of times it was with, uh, you know, Sean and, and Marty and, and having a couple beers and talking over the match and talking over, you know, you know, what we can do to make this better. And how about this? And how about, you know, your character here? And, and we would all discuss it because we were all friends. So yeah. that all helped. And us, we never thinking like to ourselves, Oh, I'm getting better. I should be here. I'm good. We just knew we had to just keep on working harder and have the best match there is that night on the show. And that's what that what we usually strive for. We didn't ever worry about what's going to happen down in the future. It was that night, that show, let's tear the roof off the place. Let's be the hit of the show. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's the mindset we always went in 
So yeah, and uh, and getting you know kind of into the science of this because uh, and especially along that time when you're coming up, you know, you're starting to see, uh, and it really became popular in the WWF where you started seeing uh, these you know high flyers, these you know fantastic moves which we see today are just you know out of this world. But back then you saw it really start developing, like you start talking about people like uh, Shawn Michaels and being able to do some of the stuff that that the Rockers were doing. But when you're uh, you know that wasn't that wasn't the nasty boys. So tell me, uh, in the science of this, how do you have a good match with a tag team like that? Because you certainly did. I mean, and you would not have reached the heights that you did if you you couldn't do that. So how do you have a great match when you're going when you're you know doing that with another tag team that that's that's their their show. They they have these great athletic how we, moves. How we were trained, Sean. From from the, the school, Fern Gagne School, taught by Brad Reagans, from learning all the basics, arm drags, hip tosses, body slams, back drops, all hit, you know, how to hit the, the turnbuckle correctly, how to do this correctly, how to do all the so you can have a regular match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because at yeah. first we weren't the nasty boys, we were out there having regular matches, you know. So this way, when the nasty boys and our, our deal came about. You know, it wasn't like the Road Warriors where they, they, they got together and it was kill everybody right away. Yeah. We actually, you know, worked in that, our, our way where when it was time, we were already groomed to, we had our character kind of down because the difference between now uh, and, to, I mean, and back then is they have a, producers and stuff writing for the different wrestlers. Yeah. But back in our day, it, it, your actual, you're called the Nasty Boys or Hacksaw Jim Duggan or that's Stone Cold Steve Austin, that's actually part of you. Inside is coming out. Your per actual personality, your maybe second second person is coming out also when you're, you're and it's part of you. So that's why, you know, a lot of the characters, you know, back, you know, when we were growing up and all that stuff, you know, they appeal and everything because that's part of who they really are. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, you were no, able to really develop it too, and were allowed to have these these matches where you were uh, yes. able to do that, right? Yes. Well, you know, you know well, you know as well as anybody. I mean, especially you know when we first got to the WWF. But yeah. When you did interviews, you were in the booth, and then another booth, and then another booth before the, the wrestling show even started that night. And I don't know how many interviews you went through for every town you would do an interview, either with me and Gene, or you were in there, or, you know, yeah. Lord Alfred Hayes, or whoever it was, and you you would go down that list, and you'd be in there forever, you know, it was, it was you know, it was hot and grueling, but you did it, and that was, and, and you learned from that, you know, to go through each and individual, and nobody wrote down what, we just had the bullet points of the building, what time, and who we were wrestling, and then the interview was kind of ours, and we went and did our thing. And I mean, some some of the best interviews were done at that time. You know, Hulkster, yeah. Dusty Rhodes. I mean, even superstar Billy Graham. I mean, just, the list goes on and on. The good talkers in this business, you know, the Stone Colds and the Rock, and yeah. you know, but that's well. That's, and, and I really, I really want to get into that because that is that was another major part of how you, you get over, especially when you reach uh, the WWF. But I, I saw an interview a, a while ago uh, that, uh, that involved you and, and Jerry, and I, I found it, you know, just fascinating when you were talking about, you know, going up against different tag teams. And, uh, you know, you guys were certainly big men, but you, uh, some of the greatest matches you had were against guys that were even bigger. 
And I, I'm just I'm yeah, fascinated by this. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Uh, but I, I was fascinated just by when you talk about like going up against someone like the Road Warriors, you know, or LOD as we also knew them, uh, you know, uh, Demolition. And they were completely different matches than, say, going up against a team like the Rockers. The Rockers. But, right. you know, and, and people always, you know, they talk, oh, they, these were stiff matches. These were, these were brawls. Well, you know what? They were. And and uh, talk a little bit about some of those those matches where, you know, I'll say, for example, um, you know, with, with Hawk and Animal, where, you know, Joe could bench press, you know, 700 and something pounds. I mean, he legitimately could pick a human being up off a mat uh, base, barely bending his legs and and do a complete straight lift. Uh, what talk, yeah. talk about some and of the way those some, matches went? For some went. reason, I always had him with the spots, and Sag always had Hawk. You know what's uh, up with that? You know, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I said I, I joke with Joe now. I say, yeah, your first spots was okay. I'll pick you up. I'll throw you in the third row, then I'll come out and get you. Press <laughs> slam me again. Throw you in, then I'll give you three tackles. Take your take your head off with a clothesline. Uh, let me see. And after that, I'll power bomb you. And I'm like, okay. Uh. <laughs> and if I'm still uh, conscious, that's job. And that's just the first spot. <laughs> yeah. No, but how? Tell me. I mean, how grueling were those matches? And they weren't three minute matches, especially when you guys did house shows. No, not at all. We went, at, you know, always, always, you know. 15 and above 20, you know, it was, it was, you know, it goes, uh, you know, first of all, it goes all the way back to, uh, you know, the the match that got us to the WWE or WWF at the time was Halloween Havoc in, uh, 1990. And it was, uh, us against the Steiners. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we got into WCW and now remember, you know, our upbringing is, you know, blue collar, uh, you know, back then, you know, there was no knives and guns. When you had a fight, you fought with yeah. fists. You right. Know? And uh, we were barroom fighters from from Lehigh Valley, from Pennsylvania. I mean, that was that's we, we were, you know, we went to college and did this and that. But, you know, that's why Matt had that conversation with us. So, you know, we knew how to fight. That, that ain't a problem. You know what I mean? So right. when we got to WCW, no one really wanted to wrestle the Steiners at the time. They were, they were hurting people. They were throwing people around. Hey, they were Michigan, uh, you know, football and wrestling and, and superstar NCAA, you know, college wrestlers there too. Yeah, so yeah. they, you know, they knew what the heck they were doing. They could suplex you, do anything they wanted to any time. So, and they didn't mean to hurt nobody. It's not like they went to hurt They're, people on purpose. They were just doing their, yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. But people, you know, so not too many people wanted to work with them at the time. And when we came in, they asked, well, we want to put you against Steiners. Do you have a problem with that? We had, hell no. You know, right. we're putting us in there. So they, they threw us around like rag dolls, and we punched them in the face as hard as we could. And we loved each other. We had yeah. the greatest matches. Yeah. yeah. So so we, we had Halloween Havoc, and they said, you're going 24 minutes. We went for a pay-per-view on 24. Okay, here we go. And we tore it up. We had the best match of the night. And it, it, you know, turned out good. And then we were coming up to the finish and they asked us, what do you want to do? And, you know, beat, you know, what do you, how do you want to finish it? You know? So, you know, we didn't know, we, we didn't really want to get beat. We had, you know, we were there for a little bit. Now we know it might be time to leave or whatever, but, uh, you know, 
talked to Kevin Sullivan, who we knew, and Kevin Sullivan goes, you know, when his axe, his Boston axe, well, out for you, Nobs, I, I take the Frankensteiner in the middle, let him beat you, you know, and then get right. to the, and, you know, it was back in the day, I said, you know, and we had respect for each, each, each other, you know, us and the Steiners, we loved each other, we were good friends, and we never complained, we had good times on the road, so we never complained, and we got, we got along fantastic with them, and right. that's what I also made the matches good, just like when we went against the Rockers, uh, but I took the Frankensteiner, and then afterwards we we hurt uh, Ricky, and then we came back when Scotty was out there on the mic. We we trashed him and let him lay in again. You know what I mean? So yeah. that so that was the one big thing. And then in the, you know, when we had the the belt signing, it was for the United States Tag Team Titles. You know, it wasn't really supposed to happen. We we smashed him and let him lay on the table and everything at the signing. And and I forget where we were. The match was in Chicago. I think this might have been in Philly. And no one ever did that to the Steiners before, so it was a big thing. And then we had a 24-minute awesome match with him. Uh, Sag got busted, hard weight over his head. Blood was coming down. We still kept wrestling. I mean, the, the, the moves they used on us, and we still kept getting back up. And then we would hit them with something. And, I mean, it was really an awesome match. And. Right after that, two days later, Hulk called me and said, Vince wants to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wants to know if you guys want to go work for him. And I thought Hulk was kind of bullshitting me a little bit. But he said, no, Vince wants to talk to you. And I, and after that, I said, uh, uh, you know, we talked to Vince. And me and Sag talked. And, you know, that was our goal. No matter where I was, ESPN, yeah, really? I was on ESPN. I was on in the WCW. No matter what, I would always call home. And my old man, my dad. Good old, he's still hanging in there, 85, we go, well, you're not in WWF yet, kid. <laughs> he would always yeah. say that to me, you're not in the yeah. WWF yet, kid. Yeah. So, you know, it was time, and we went, we went up, and, and uh, you know, then when I finally got, you know, we, we, we got up there in 90, and then 91, right there, WrestleMania 7, we're going for the belts already. So, that was a... Uh, how was that, what was that phone call like, though, when you, when you got to call your pop? Oh, well, and, listen, I called my pop before, and I never smartened my family up. So I told them, Dad, this is the biggest match of my life. Uh, you know, what do you, you know, if I if I lose this, I'll probably be back down again. You know, you'll, you'll see me at home. Isn't that <laughs> a big yeah. pep talk? You know, and and he didn't come out to WrestleMania. My brother and all, all of our crazy crew did. You know, all the guys I was talking about before came out to see us. But my dad, you know, he was getting older. He didn't want to fly. And um, my mom didn't either. So, uh, you know, uh, I didn't get to I didn't get to the part, though, after I was getting in all this, this trouble, you know, yeah. and, and Matt told us to go be a professional wrestler. Yeah. did go to my dad and told him I was going up to wrestle. They accepted us. And, uh, you know, uh, one of my friends uh, gave me money and one of Sag's friends gave him money so we could go to camp. And then we paid him back after we made it back and made money back. And they were really cool about it. But uh, if I'm finally going up to the wrestling school and just got out of the army and all the other crap that was going on with me and SAG. And I went to my dad. Uh, hey, dad, I uh, want to tell you something. I know what I want to do in life. And he's across the table from me. He goes, what's that, son? And I said, um, I'm going to become a professional wrestler. And he looked at me and he put his arm up in the air and smashed it on the table. He goes, get down to reality, son, and get a fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you what, what about when what about when you made the call to after you had talked to Vince you were now, coming now, to WWF? Yeah, now now we got to go back to the story. Yeah, you know, I, I made the WWF, but it's still it, we got there in November, and all of a sudden WrestleMania's around the corner. So I called them, and he gave me a big long speech. Yeah. So 
you know, and I knew what was going on. So I knew I, I'm going to see how this goes. So I, I said, thank you, dad. I appreciate it. I love you. So then that night he had it, was watching it. And don't we, after we beat the Hart Foundation, me and Tiger laying on our backs, Jimmy Hart has his feet in here and I have one belt and I'm yelling, dad, dad, dad. And it, it sounds, it sounds like even if you watch it now, dad, 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 but I was really saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to uh, this day, don't know it. Hopefully he won't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Okay. We won't let him, let, let him in on that secret, but he must've been uh, at, at some point. Did he tell you? Out there, he had tears in his eyes. Oh, well, yeah. Down, and he he was that proud. But I'll tell you what, he's almost like Brett Favre's dad. I heard, I saw an interview on Brett Favre um, not too long ago, and his dad, even when he came home after he was successful, his dad still gave him it to him. That's how my dad was, blue collar worker, this and that. Yeah. But when I was gone and wasn't around, he he brags me up to everyone. You know, my yeah. kids, wrestler, you know, he's you know he's on this, he does this, he does that. But when I'm around, he always he always yeah, gives let me. You know. That's what dads are for, you know? So he always keeps me on my toes. But but it was good. My mom told me he had tears in his eyes. and t- You know, they were rolling down when I was laying on the floor with the belt. So, yeah, it really made me proud. But yeah, so that, what about what about you guys when, when you did get that call? Like you said, this was, this was all you wanted, uh, you know, to get there. Uh, what, what did that mean to you? What do you recall of, of when you arrived in the WWF? Uh, at the time, as we always say, <laughs> nervous, nervous as hell, you know, yeah. and we knew what was good was we knew a lot of people already. So that yeah. was good. You know, we yeah. knew the rockers. We knew Now you, you were know, already, are we already close with Hulk? Cause you mentioned, I know you're great we, friends through we, life we, here, but we became better friends later. But at the time we, we, we knew, knew each other. He came into my, we, me and Saggy Stone, a restaurant down here back in 88 when we were wrestling Japan we bought in with a, a, a partner, and, and Hulk used to come in uh, to our restaurant, you know. And my wife, wife actually managed the restaurant, and that's how I, I wooed her to, to marry me. And now, 26 years later, she's going, how did he do that to me? Yeah. No, <laughs> but uh, she came in to manage, uh, manage the place. And Was this Hulk down in Florida, or were you still up in Florida? Yeah, right in Clearwater. You guys yeah, moved we, we were wrestling Japan. We were wrestling overseas at the time. You know, after AWA, we came down to Florida Championship Wrestling, and then we were wrestling overseas, you know, Japan. We went over to Japan, uh, old Japan, for Baba, for the tag team tournament, and this and that, and we we had a little bit of money, and the guy, we invested in his restaurant, and, you know, we were part owners in his restaurant, you know, uh, Maddie Seafood Shanty, right across from Clearwater Mall, so, but uh, anyway, we talked... uh, you know, to Hawk a, a, a bunch of times there, and he and he knew me and he had my number, and we went to a couple parties there because we were in town. We'd go over to his house when he had all the guys there, and Pat Patterson was there because everybody lived down in, in the Tampa area at that time. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. was you know, either a condo or something. They may not have yeah, lived down right. spent some time down here. So then we got to know everybody even before we got in, and then, then you know, we got in in 90, and we knew some of the people, and it was like, same as always, Sean. We just put our we never thought about okay we need to do this we need to win the belts we were just going with the program and doing the best we can and whoever they put with us we were going to make it the best match on the card that was our goal and we didn't do it every time but that was our goal that was our mindset to go out there every time and have the best match in the building you know with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, and, and when you look back at uh, the time, you know, when you're the just trying to make it at Ganya school and uh, you know, you were, you were pretty fortunate that where you landed when you did start, but still um, when you got to that point with the WWF and, and it was huge then uh, oh, yeah. did you have that chance to look around and say, you know, wow, uh, I can't believe that uh, this kid from Allentown, uh, we can't go, you know, everybody knows who we are. We travel the world. Everybody knows who we are. Uh, do you remember thinking about it at that point in time, or were you, like you said, just just working and trying to do not, the best you can really. every day? You know, when it hit me, right. after WrestleMania seven. Really? Yeah. Well, well, before even before WrestleMania seven, when, when we were right. going into that, and we got out there early, and all of LA was uh, was hyped on WrestleMania yeah. seven. Yeah. And as you know, it was supposed to be at the Coliseum, but because of the war, because we still would probably have the biggest house ever. Yeah. Because at the time, you know, at the time it was still WrestleMania three, but they wanted to have it at the Coliseum, which at that time, you know, WWF had over a hundred thousand. It would have sold it out, but because of the, yeah. the the war, they had to put it they put it smaller because it would have cost too much for security to get everybody in the big Coliseum and, and get the the Coliseum up to par, so you could handle all the security, so nothing was had to happen yesterday. Put it down to the sports arena, which was still marvelous. It didn't matter, but yeah. man. The, the the aura and the, you know like the, the the town how electric it was for that WrestleMania and you're talking about Los Angeles now man Hollywood and, and all the stars that were in the in the audience Henry Winkler uh, 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 the Home Alone what's his name Colin McCockman was there uh, uh, I think Gladys not, I mean so many different stars and actors and everything were there and it was it was it was an honor. It really was. Well, you know, uh, and we're going to get off the tracks here again, but we you're talking Hollywood and Los Angeles, and I know that you know through the years you've made quite a few friends because, like Hacksaw w- w- would say, you know, he w- he will talk to anyone, and it doesn't matter what, what the situation is. Uh, d- did you? <laughs> I mean, oh, you mean talking me? about, yeah, he with you. And like he said, anybody. He goes, I was in places. He'd go up to you, Hefner. It didn't matter, you know. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I met Axel. Axel. Axel met uh, Alec Baldwin with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, and he said, "What's funny?" Because he goes, "You know, he's over there, and he's like bugging this guy." And I'm thinking, he's gonna like call security, and the next thing he goes, "They're pals." <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we we wrestled at the time. It was WCW was out there, and uh, you yeah. know, I, at the time, I got to know a lot of people. So uh, uh, the Schuster brothers, uh, Stan and Brian, and Stan owns the Grand Havana Room, which is a private cigar bar in Beverly Hills, and he owns one in New York also. And it's a real elite club, and you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and, and everybody goes there. You know, it's private, and so you know, I can go there whenever I want because of Hulk, and Hulk got me to introduce me to the the, the guys and the brothers, and and we became good friends. So even when Hulk ain't there, he tells me to come over. So I brought Hacksaw over there before Hacksaw had to go wrestle. We had a few drinks, and I wasn't wrestling that night. And Alec Baldwin was in there, and. He's from New York and Hacksaw from New York and I got them together and they were talking all about, you know, because Hacksaw's from upstate New York 
something. Yeah, the Trolls. There too, you know. So it was really cool. All right, you got to give me some more Hollywood stories because I know you got a lot of pals out there, and <laughs> and 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 how you walked yourself into a lot of these situations. Well, I was just being me. I'm I'm a very friendly person, I, you know, and I just you know I'm I love I love sports, I love movies, you know. So when I see someone and give them their due, I always you know if I didn't meet them, I always give them their due. I mean. First of all, I've been friends with uh, Willie Nelson for for man forever since 1988, and uh, that happened. Yeah, you've been up on stage with him, right? Yeah, I've been on stage, been on stage with Farm Eight. Even I had hacks on her, (laughs) my wife Tony, and hacks on his wife. We're we're at uh, Farm Eight singing the last song with uh, John Cougar, Mellencamp, uh, Neil Young. uh, I think uh, Dave Matthews was up there, Hootie and the Blowfish singing "May the Circle Be Unbroken." at the end of the concert at the, in South Carolina. And we had the, and it was on TV too. We had the greatest, it was, it was some, it was some fun, you know? Uh, and uh, what's his name? Crosby was there from Crosby, Stills and Nash. And we we're just singing right along with them. Yeah. Who would have thought, you know? So, uh, but Willie, uh, I got to meet Willie here in Florida when we were Florida championship wrestling and Dusty had come back and took over Florida championship wrestling uh, and was partners with Mike Graham and Steve Kern. And we were wrestling down here at the time with the Florida tag team champs. And we were wrestling in, um, Sarasota and he sent me and Sagan Dustin gold dust, his son over to meet Willie. And Willie was backing up. Everybody had left and Willie's bus was the only one there at Ruth Eckert hall. And we stopped it. And all of a sudden we said, Hey, hello. And the, the bus driver, now that I know him, I know them very well since 88, the whole family and been out to Willie's house and, out in Austin, had good times and farm aids and everything like that. But we went up and believe it or not, Willie pulled in and and we went on the bus and we had the best time ever. You didn't call security? Like no, it was <laughs> all these security was even gone. The building was closed. Willie was leaving the stage there for a little bit and he backed he backed the bus up, told him to shut it off because Dusty told him to tell us that Dusty sent us. So Dusty called right. Willie. Dusty yeah. and Willie were good friends. And he liked it, liked the stories. We were cracking open beers and, uh, you know, and, you know, partaking with Willie. And everybody knows Willie. So and his we, favorite we, uh, pastime? We, but that, yeah, we, we definitely have smiles. We definitely had smiles on our face. Yeah. What was so funny then, that was 88. So 89, 90. I know Willie for two more years. So in the fourth year, knowing Willie, who sings at the WrestleMania 7 but Willie? Willie. Well, and he probably has you to thank for that, right? Oh, but no. <laughs> but, oh, but listen, all the guys were wanting to meet him, Sean. Yeah. So yeah, Lanza and everybody, you know, over just watching him sing the thing and staying their distance by the rail and letting him do his thing and seeing. I think he sang "America the Beautiful." Yeah. And uh, uh, hear me and Sai come rolling up. Heard Willie was doing sound check, and we come walk out, and everybody's out wants their wants his autograph, kind of, and say hello to him. And he stops it, stops in the middle of his singing the song and looks at me and Sag and goes, how are you guys doing? Get on up here. He came up <laughs> in the ring and gave him a big hug and everybody from land. Like, what the and, hell? They all had their big mouths dropped like, he knows the nasty voice. <laughs> <laughs> and then that That's night, great. you know, after we sang, I was in, yeah. out with him before our match. And I said, hey, if we win tonight, which I knew we were going to win, I didn't tell him that either. I said, we're coming to party with you. He goes, come on over. I'm staying at the Holiday Inn Santa Monica. And we won the belts. And I took me and Sag, uh, John Michaels, Kurt Henning, 
Mr. Perfect, uh, I mean, I mean, Mr. Perfect, uh, Paul Diamond, the Axe, Larry the Axe was with us. I don't know how many guys, and we went and got him downstairs. I gave him the, I gave him the belt. He thought I gave it to him to keep, and he was wearing the WWF Tag Team Championship. I got pitched <laughs> around his waist like it was a country belt buckle. He had yeah. a big smile on his face, and then he had one of these things that go, like, remember them things that said the last word? It would say, you know, you talk and you press it, go, eat shit, f you. <laughs> This, that, the other. Well, he had one of them, and every time I would talk, he would hit it, and everybody la he'd laugh, and all the wrestlers would laugh. I said, Willie, if you do that one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to put you in an airplane spin here and spin you as fast as I can. And Take he hit it, back. put him in an airplane spin. His legs were going. Gator and LG, LG's his security, were going, put him down, knobs, put him down, because they knew me like four years now. Then I put him down. Yeah, and he's like 80. Uh, <laughs> Maybe not then. He was in his sixties. Yeah, he was in his sixties. Oh, okay, that's all right then. To... Hey, he loves he loved me to death, and we yeah. we're the friends since then. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. That's uh, isn't it? Isn't it amazing though, Brian? Of you know, it, you know, they always say like movie actors want to be rock stars, and you know, but movie stars and rock stars want to be wrestlers. I mean, it isn't. I mean, it isn't amazing. That I don't so know how many, how many times baseball players are you kidding me and hockey players yeah. they all you know it is yeah. it's just incredible it's that always amazed me that they were you'd see these people come to the events and they were uh, honestly starstruck by the guys it was just uh, amazing to me to see when you th when you know oh, that is a you know guy that was like this huge movie star and he's just wants to see Hulk or you know wants to see the Nasty Boys or whatever they're just Starstruck. Yeah, it's uh, it's unbelievable, man. It, yeah. it is. I mean, I, that's I got in a business I love, and I love it to the day I die. I mean, this is professional wrestling is where it's at, and and um, you know, without Vince McMahon, the Nasty Boys wouldn't be the Ma Nasty Boys. WWF is what stamped us that made us who we are today. I mean, we were WCW first just for a little bit, then we went to WWF, made a name for ourselves, then we came back to WCW. You know, and we were who we were, but that you know, yeah. If you if you made it up in the WWF, you know, you 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 actually that that was that's your goal. And, and to every young wrestler today, I could say the same thing. Your goal should be to someday wrestle at a WrestleMania. I mean, that's you know, and now that's the pinnacle. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like Dick Buckus and Ray Nitsky when I talk because I'm talking about WrestleMania seven. Now they're up to thirty something. I know, you know it's incredible, isn't it? You know, yeah, exactly. And we came in in November, the same time as the Undertaker. We came in at the same time, us and the yeah. us and Taker. You know, wow. you know, and and uh, I think that one thing that uh, people just always were amazed by about you and and Jerry is that you, you're you're so unfiltered. You do you you do and say whatever you want to do, whatever it is. Uh, that, that got you know, into trouble a lot of time uh, t times as well, right, Brian? <laughs> you can't do that anymore, though. Too many. I I told I tell a lot of people that today. I said, "Thank God they didn't have them smartphones when we were wrestling back out in the road. Yeah. <laughs> we were on a job for about two days, <laughs> maybe a day and a half. <laughs> a few altercations along the way uh, outside of the ring. Yes, yes, you know. Uh, just the way, you know, because everybody has their cell phones on now. You can't, you yeah, can't actually be used to act back when, you know, but it was a good time. I mean, and that, that goes to show not only in, in our time, even earlier, you know, I heard some wild stories with the, you know, wild Samoans and, you know, yeah. well, pretty I, much yeah. their phases, you know.
Now, but I do have to ask you about uh, the the shaving of Ric Flair's eyebrows. Uh, can you solve the the mystery of this that uh, that uh, he went to sleep on a plane and woke up with one eyebrow, and you come out of the bathroom with both ears shaved off so to cover the crime? Uh, you want to? I really honestly do that. Telling Rick, was I, would I honestly do that? Even though when the plane landed, Rick goes, I want them to off the tour now. I mean, was back. he really, was that serious heat? Was he really? Oh, up? So, are you kidding me, Ric Flair? He was so mad, you know, <laughs> looks, are you kidding me? That was like the, the ultimate of ultimates, you know? <laughs> okay, so who did it? Who did it? I what happened? Come on. Still huh? don't know to this day. Uh-huh. You know, Taylor tells this bogus story that he saw me come out of the yeah the, the, the bathroom door open. He saw me shaving my eyebrows off in there. But I think you know Terry Taylor must have took too many sleeping pills on the way over. You know I, I don't know there there was uh, there's something about that one that just don't seem seem right to me. But no that's 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 the story. I, he saw me shaving off my eyebrows. I wouldn't do that to Rick. I love Rick. Why would I do that to him? You know so. <laughs> You know what? Well, the, the legend will live on. Let's let let's the mystery be unsolved, right? Mr. Perfect. You know that, Sean. That that eyebrow stuff. Yeah. I mean, so many Pete, so many times, and he got his shave too. But so many times, uh, you know, and you and the the funny part about it is they don't tell you when they do it, and then they only shave one, so it really makes you look like a goofball. And then you're at that, you know, airline counter trying to upgrade or. <laughs> Whatever, and they're looking, you know, what's wrong with this guy? And they're looking, yeah, you don't, until oh. like, it's about half a day till you find look in the mirror and go, what the heading, you yeah. know? <laughs> <Did> you <laughs> trap, like, I remember, you know, Randy would always talk, you know, I, I, you know, going to the airport, brother, people just coming up all the time, you know, and it's like, well, dude, you're wearing, uh, you know, lime colored boots. You've got, I mean, he, you know, he, he lived the gimmick. When you traveled, would, would you guys, would you throw on a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt or what or did you? Yeah, but please, the haircut. And I, I still get recognized. It's like, I'm, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm that's not a whole I'm, lot. I, I, never, I never knew that with this hairstyle, I'm going to have to have it for the rest of my life. As long as I'm in the business, because that's the way it is. It's almost like Hulk and his bandana and stuff. People just recognize you as that. And it is what it is. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm, 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 especially I'm, everybody's I'm, smart. Everybody's smart out there. I mean, they know it's really tough, especially during that period of time. You guys couldn't go anywhere, right? You no. couldn't go. No, you couldn't go to the convenience store to you know get a a Snickers bar with somebody out. You know, hey, you're the nasty boys. You know, right? Yeah. You know, it's an crazy. honor. Hey, now, Sean, I still get that today when I go, huh? and they come up to me, and and a lot of people come up and say, hey, man, I just want to thank you for all the years you show me. I a lot of entertainment with you and it feels good because that means makes that me and sag really did do something right when we wrestled because yeah. it's still people are still coming up and you know 32 years now we've been in the business so that's that's a long time now do you guys do many appearances do you get out much i know that you've been yeah, a few a lot of, a lot of comic cons we're doing you know yeah. we do comic cons um we we scale back on the wrestling part we wrestle every now and again you know getting getting older now and you know, I know my body. And another thing is, is it's like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person, if I can't go and, and give my all, right. you know, I, you know, it's, it's hard to get out there and, and just go ahead. Okay. And they're going to pay me this, but I'll go out there just to, I like to at least give them the show. That was, that's born and bred in our, our system, just like, uh, Shawn Michaels. And, you know, we, we all, uh, we all grew up together in this business and we all, you know, driving down the road together and talking and Mr. Perfect and, you know, just, 
good, you know, good times, but that's how you were brought up and, and always to have the best match or try this or try that, you know, I mean, the, 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 the people that, uh, actually helped us out with the armpit, the pit stop, uh, were, yeah. uh, Roddy Piper and Adrian Adonis. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. and back then, Brian, and I don't, you know, I'm not certainly in that world, uh, much, uh, around what the, the WWE is today, but it, it, it's really changed, uh, in that sense too, because, you know, uh, they don't do as many house shows. The guys travel differently. The guys have, you know, people have buses and it's like a separate thing back then. Uh, you know, you're talking about a pretty small family, really. Uh, there might be anywhere between 50 and 60 superstars, uh, you know, on that roster, but you know, you guys traveled together. You were in cars together. You would do these house shows every day. Uh, it really was a tighter fraternity. Don't you think back yeah. then? Yeah, I I think so. And and then after we were done, you know, which is is not around no more. And, yeah, and a lot of them are. Yeah. No more. I don't drink no more. So it, this this don't you know fair for me no more. But it's uh, you know that that was one of the things. You know, any time we were in, it was like, where are we going tonight? Yeah, it wasn't we're going up to our room yeah. and you know um, play video games or, or do anything like that. And there's nothing wrong with it. That's what you like to do. That's fine, you know. But it was everybody get together. Where are we going? What bar? What are we hitting up? You know, let's hit the hotel bar first, then we'll go here and we're there and get a bite to eat and, you know, plan the whole night out. And that was every night. And, and you know, 300 nights a year, you know, we, we were going 300, uh, yeah. you know, strong a year. And, and, and some more. Double shots on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Saturday and Sunday were double shots. So, yeah, it was a, it was a hectic schedule, you know. Yeah. And how did, how did your body hold up through it all? Uh, because you guys weren't in the gym every morning. I know that, but, uh, maybe in a sense that was better. I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, if you talk to anybody that's been in the business and literally that's was a superstar and it's over, you know, about, I would say even five, six, seven years as a superstar, but then you talk about 15, 20, you're definitely screwed up. You're definitely getting fake body parts. You're definitely down the way, as you get older, you're, it, it's one thing after another. And yes, I, I need a knee replacement on my right, right now. And my, my back, it's finally coming to my back and, you know, the arthritis and this and that, and, you know, so what do you, what do you do about it? You know, uh, I wouldn't take back what I did ever in my life. I, I, I had a good time and, and, you know, I paid the dues of course, and there could have been things here and there and just like in the NFL, but you know, like you were saying, it was a different time, but just look at football now and baseball and everything's changed. You know, you can't hit the quarterback like you used to hit them back in the, the 70s or 80s, you know, but just like wrestling, you can't do some things these days. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, publicly traded company and, and, and you know, you got to, you know, social media now and everything. So it's, it's definitely different, but there's still, like you said, I, I agree with you. They're still going out there and, you know, I saw some matches and, I know the family and I know Roman Reigns very well and, and Braun Strowman's matches and they're two big guys. They are going, they're doing phenomenal, crazy stuff for big, big guys, because you know, when we were there and you were, you know, right, right there ringside most of the time. And, uh, you know, there were, there weren't too many, uh, smaller guys back in there at back in our day. There was, you know, Vince definitely got the, the cream of the crop of really big guys. There was, oh, yeah. Everybody yeah. was big, yeah. you know, even Dynamite Kid, who was small, was big. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, so, no, but it, it's true, and and that's the uh, you know the difference though today is you wonder like how much higher can you raise that bar? 
I mean, you see guys now, you know, they do, they're doing falls from three stories. They're, you know, coming down on four tables and then falling on cement. And you, you, you know, you just wonder how, how, what's the limit or will there ever be one? But uh, the toll that it's got to take on these guys' bodies has got to be incredible. And, and, and Shane jumping off the cane. Oh my God. I'm like, and and you know he 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 was uh when he you know his dad put him through the ringer not that many people know that he was like us he paid his dues he was ring truck yeah drove the yep. ring truck then referee then then every every aspect of the job in WWE also you yep. know what I mean so and at the one point he, he used to room with me in SAG for about three four months he, he room he roomed with us he was on the road and we put him in we three to a room which was no big deal at that time you know even Macho Man would do three to a room. Yeah. sometimes you know what i mean so that was the way that it was like you said it was that that was no big deal you know everybody get together get a room as long because we're off the next day and i think uh you know another guy who's passed who's a friend hercules hernandez i think yeah. he still has the record i think he went i don't know was it maybe like 120 days straight without a day off or something i don't it's up there though you know when yeah. until yeah. you until you finally you know Enough's enough. You can't you can't handle it no more. But we used to be on the road a lot back then. It yeah, was an animal. So. Yeah, no kidding. But uh, you mentioned some of these guys, uh, you know, that were part of that that fraternity, and there was a price to pay. And there's a lot of them who aren't here. And I know that uh, you were close to many of them. And it seems like every week uh, there's another, and they're not, you know, they're not dying as old men. And it's it's. Uh, you said there is a there's a price to pay for this business. Ah, uh, yeah, there is. But um, you know, I mean, Roddy Roddy Piper, another another mentor yeah, of mine. Yeah. Looks like, oh, you know, I mean, way too young. And, and Randy, it, I know you were close to Randy, and yeah, yeah, well, Macho Man, another one. I mean, Mr. Perfect, Hawk, uh, Rick Rude, Davy Boy, Eddie uh-huh. Guerrero. I mean, the list. I just, uh, you know, Brian Adams. I, the list. Could, I could just keep him thinking and. Yeah. I don't like to think about it a lot, you know, because I miss a lot of the guys, you know, yeah. right now being around them. I still talk to to Brett, you know, religiously. I mean, that was one of, you know, they all say, who, who are your top tag teams? I said, you know, the top three right away are the Hart Foundation, the Road Warriors, and, the, you know, and the Steiners. Not in that order, but Harlem Heat was up there too, Public Enemy. I mean, You're talking about tag teams that you liked uh, working with. Yeah, well, like yeah. working with. But, uh, you know, just the, the, the three top right in the beginning that really, you know, made an impact with us were the Steiners, the Road Warriors, and the Heart Foundation. And, and uh, Brett actually said uh, in his one interview and in his book that that's out of his whole lifetime, that's one of his favorite matches was WrestleMania 7 against us. And that really makes me proud because, you know, Brett, that's one guy who could really wrestle. I mean, you know, Jim was the big bully and the big, you know, you know, knock people around, but Brett can do could do everything. You know what I mean? So, and we had some awesome, unbelievable matches with him. And that match at WrestleMania, it's, that's one of my best matches I ever had too. You know, and then uh, even the one with the Road Warriors uh, in SummerSlam was a very special match too. So, I mean, and the Steiners, I mean, awesome that Halloween Havoc match still goes down in history. So, you know, a lot of very good matches. And before we were even big names in '88, we wrestled the uh, the British Bulldogs over in Japan where Japan at the time was real stiff and real different. And we yeah. came up, we took that approach. Like we took the approach over here in the United States. We went over there and 
we're barroom fighters from PA and, you know, from Lehigh Valley went over there and, and didn't take key from anybody and, and got over and, and the Japanese liked us. They really, they really did, you know, yeah. uh, Tenru and all them guys, uh, really took a liking to us. Master Saito. I mean, you know, awesome legends over there in Japan, uh, a giant Baba, Antonio Inoki, you know, and then we got to know, we came up with, uh, you know, the great Muda and Hasi, uh, uh, you know, and Hashimoto, he's not with us no more, but, uh, you know, a lot of good training over there. And that was when we were young. The first time we went over to Japan was 88. So we were in the business only three years at the time, you wow. know? So. You know, and, and, and Brian, you know, looking back, and I don't know if it, it, this may be really tough for you to do, but when you really think of, of a shining moment, the one that, you know, that, that stands out uh, above the rest, is there one for you? Uh, I, I, I tell everybody, but no doubt has to be WrestleMania seven winning the yeah, WWF right. tag team titles yeah. against the Hart foundation with Jimmy Hart and all the movie stars in the, in the building, the place rocking. Hulkamania was still rolling strong. He's going against, uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter who has chic Adnan. So you got the USA thing going, you know, yeah. Jake, the snake out there, you know, and, and no. Macho, and then, uh, you know, I mean, there was, I mean, the ultimate warrior, I mean, what what a what a crew of guys. Undertaker. I mean, just if you name the card, I mean, unbelievable. You know, and we were just happy to be on it. I mean, I'm really I was really amazed, Sean. We just got into WWF in uh November of nineteen ninety. And in ninety one they didn't use SAG, but they used me for the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. So they called me up and I went down there and then they finally put up the list. And I'm looking at the list and I see where I came out. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm looking. And then it has me, Earthquake, and Hulk in there at the very end. And I, then I was like, oh, my wow. God. I'm, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm nervous as hell, you know. Uh-huh. I'm really nervous. And I went out there, and, and Piper was announcing it. And I went out like a, a, a you know, bat out of hell. I'm running to the damn ring. I dove underneath the bottom, and I started whapping everybody. And I stiffed everybody, right? Yeah. yeah. And I hit him, hit him. I hit Hercule, I don't know who I, everybody, boss, man, Kerry Von Eric. I was just you know, wiping everybody, the Rick Martel. And I got up to Kurt and I went to whack him. And you know, Kurt, he knows he's always one step ahead of me. He steps back and I missed him and I fell down on my knee and the whole, almost the whole battle royal glommed me and just started. Beating <laughs> oh yeah. They uh, were beating a little stiff. Yeah. yeah, I had to fight my way out of it, you know, and then we, we got back out of the match, and then it came down to me and Earthquake and Hulk, and I yeah. that's when I felt the power of Hulkamania, dude, when he yeah. came up for the comeback. So, you know, he said, how do you want to go out? And I said, you give me the big boot, and I'll go out over the top rope backwards. And he looked at me, he goes, you sure you can make that bump? You sure you can do it? I said, just uh, hit me, Terry. No problem, yeah. man. I'll be there for you. And man, when he got to come back and the Hulks were going crazy, he gave me that big boot. I didn't even come. I thought I was an Olympic champion. I didn't even come close to hitting the top rope with my back. No hands or nothing. I just went over, didn't even put my hands down to hit. I didn't care how I hit it. It was the adrenaline was pumping so high. And, and that's how I got knocked out. Then the last two were him and Earthquake, you know, and then they did an angle off that. But I was so proud. That was my first pay per view ever. And I was the last one into. Last three in the Royal Rumble, so I was really, I was stoked then. And then we went on to WrestleMania to win the belt. So, you know, that was that was another awesome time. Yeah. Well, just a tough kid from Allentown, and uh, yeah, look where you went. That that's yeah. really that's awesome, Brian. 
Uh, I really want. I really appreciate you coming on uh, with the uh, the podcaster with us. And I, I knew it was going to be uh, a wild ride. Uh, you uh, entertained me then, um, <laughs> and you have ever since. I'm just sorry there's been this uh, long break, but um, really, it, it's just awesome. And I know you, like you said, you're out there. How can uh, folks get in touch with you? Because well, listen, I always uh, I, I I like back in you know we. we, we there's so many such stuff to talk about, but I kind of started something after uh, in 2001 when there was just no leagues either. I started like the it was called the XWF. Yeah, and you know we we had TVs in in you know me and Jimmy Hart and Greg the Hammer Valentine, and then we brought Piper in, and and, and we brought everybody in. We had uh, Jerry the King Lawler, Tony Schiavone, Sable was our you know uh, commissioner and a CEO, and I mean and Piper was the commissioner and. Say it was a CEO, but it was really a, a good thing. So then now that I got older, I, I, uh, in 2006, I actually, uh, they, the Tampa Bay Rays came to me and asked me if I could, uh, you know, would like to be this 10th man. So I said, sure, I, I, I you know, love to do it. What does that have the detail? Well, when we play the Yankees and Red Sox, it's usually, you know, um, more fans and we don't have the fans. Can you try to help our fan base out? And we call you the 10th man. I said, sure. So I did a bunch of videos, smashing a trash can over my head and let's go raise. And, and, yeah. uh, you know, got into that. And eventually we got to 2008, got to the world series, but that started me on. They, they asked if they could have a, a legends of wrestling night at the oh, cool. yeah. truck. And that's how I started it back there in 07 and oh, and then the next, it did so good the first year. We had Brett, Mean Gene. We gave tickets away for WrestleMania. Then I had one in 08 at, to, to coincide with baseball. And when they're not playing a great team, they it's just, you know, Legends of Wrestling Night. You bring the guys down, you know, to get other guys mixed in with the baseball, the fans. And yeah. the fans loved it. And all of a sudden, it started taking off. Yeah. And we did stuff for the New York Mets, we Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Miami Marlins. We got we were with the, got our foot in the NFL last year with the Jaguars and that, and we're finally getting our uh, foot in the NHL, and we're thinking we'll be doing something with the uh, uh, Arizona Coyotes there, the the Yotes coming up. Um, hopefully in uh, I think it's going to be in March sometime in 2018, and a lot of baseball teams, Major League Baseball teams in uh, 2018 also. But if people want to find out. Where to go? Uh, it's uh, thelegendsofwrestling.com or go to our Facebook. And we have a big event coming up uh, actually uh, March 24th. And we have, you know, Mick Foley, Cactus Jack's going to be there, uh, Hall of Famer, Rick, and, and also we have Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, another Hall of Famer, Million Dollar yeah. Man, Animal from the Road Warriors, The Nasty Boys, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, uh, you know, Bushwhacker Luke. So, you know, I found a way to get. You know, my friends all together, like a reunion, and we have matches and have some guys get involved, some guys talk to the fans, you know, some guys want to manage, but it's really fun. We sign autographs, have a Q&A, but, uh, you know, I do all that stuff at Major League Baseball and NFL and NHL now, and we go, go to different, uh, you know, casinos and stuff, too, and it's worked out very well, and it's really getting big. So uh, March 24th, we were going to be in Augusta, Georgia. We were there last year with Ric Flair. And a lot of the guys, Hacksaw, and now we're bringing a whole new crew in. And, uh, it, you know, tickets go on sale tomorrow uh, in Augusta for this event. And uh, it should be good, March 24th. Uh, so, uh, you know, and then there's something on April 21st we're doing in Detroit uh, with the Beasley group. And the Beasley group's doing the same thing. It, you know, it's just the same, the same group, 
uh, radio station, um, and they're doing a, uh, we're doing a couple shows with them this year. And the first one starts March 24th in Augusta, Georgia, and the yeah. next one's supposed to be April 21st in Detroit. So the people in Detroit or Georgia, if you have a chance, come out, see all the legends, have fun. It's a great night with fans and fan friendly, uh, you know, for the kids. It's, you know, good time to reminisce and have good time, good wrestling, you know, good, good stories, you know, get autographs with your favorite wrestler. And, you know, it's just a real good thank you to the fans for without them, we wouldn't be who we were. So it's like, a, you know, a real good uh, meet and greet and, and a good wrestling show. That's awesome. And and the venue you said in Augusta, where, where is it taking place on the, the 24th? Uh, it's, it's March 24th. It is. Yeah. And, um, Let's see here. I'll tell you right now. Give me two seconds. And they can get all this information uh, at uh, thelegendsofwrestling.com, folks. And uh, can, they, uh, can they get a message to you through that, that website as well? Sorry about this. but it Or, is or probably your Facebook, too. Christian Berry Fieldhouse, right. March 24th in Augusta, Georgia. And awesome. the tickets go on sale tomorrow morning. Uh, so um, it, that'll be Wednesday. So... You know, if you have a chance, please come out wherever you're at. We're going to have a good crew, and there's a lot more surprises coming up. We have a lot more people, uh, you know, getting at it, and it's going to be one good night of wrestling, I'll tell you that. That's so, awesome. And all the guys you know, it's all the, you know, guys, you get everybody together. You definitely hear some great stories then, you know, because that's coming from everybody. So, <laughs> Brian, the folks that listen to this podcast are exactly uh, those those folks. They, they love uh, that uh, – era of wrestling from the eighties and nineties, which, uh, is, uh, I think you agree with me, uh, absolutely the best uh, in professional wrestling, especially with the WWF and everything that was going on during that time. And, uh, folks check it out. The legends of wrestling.com. Um, you know, and one of the reasons I think, uh, Brian, you and Jerry were so popular uh, then and, and are today is, you know, because you always said, like uh, I said before, you did exactly what you wanted to do, what you wanted to say. And I think uh, all of us would love to have the guts, you know, to live such an unfiltered life. And uh, it's been great talking to you. And I hope that uh, you. That's and I how that was a good that. thing, though, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people don't have the guts to do it, but you, 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 you never compromised it. <laughs> it never, it, it, it never that's stopped. How we, it's, it's how we were brought up, though, in the business, yeah. and and. And, and you know, right up, really you're, you're, uh, growing up in that town and in, in, in Allentown, and you know, yes, folks, exactly. We you knew where that. you stood all the time. Yeah, we just did a thing for the Philadelphia Flyers minor league team, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, yeah. and they almost sold it out. They had a Legends of Wrestling night, uh, November 25th, and it turned it came out tremendously. And ESPN picked it up and put it on their uh website and uh said, uh, you know, the Legends of Wrestling uh was a big hit with the AHL, their minor league team, and and then in March this year, we'll be coming out to Phoenix. You know, you to see the Coyotes. Game, so, right? the night. so I'm going to have to have you come out and, yeah, and join us out. I'm right down the road. So, yeah, I'll definitely be there. Yeah, definitely. All so, right. But thank you for having me on. I really appreciate that. Yeah, this has been fun, Brian. And uh, really, thank you so much. And uh, I hope I see you soon. Take care, my friend. Yeah, definitely. Hey, this is part one. There's plenty more where this came from. We didn't even start talking about all the other stories and all the other stuff. We just we just tipped the the beginning of how nasty this nasty sensation started. You know, so <laughs> part one. Yeah, part one. Well, awesome. thank you, my friend. You, you're a good friend of mine. I'm glad you called, and we haven't seen each other for a while, but we will be seeing each other in 2018. Thank you for everything. Awesome.
And there you have it, folks, a truly unforgettable conversation with Brian Nobbs of the Nasty Boys. I'd love to hear your feedback on this one. I have a feeling uh, I'm going to hear a lot of it. And you know how to deliver it. You can catch me on Twitter at Sean Mooney Who, or, of course, you can email me at primetime at mlw.com. And now it's time to announce our Facebook winner. Remember this contest we've been uh, we've had going? Uh, once we reach 500 likes, well, we have done that, and we have randomly selected one of our friends, and she is none other than Edna Jabali. Edna Jabali, you have won the unreleased, unseen Matches DVD. Uh, Edna's from North Sydney, Nova Scotia. Remember I told you no matter where you are in the world, I will send this DVD to you? Well, I am going to be sending this one to Nova Scotia. And Edna Jabali. Okay, congratulations. And keep those likes coming because we'll be giving more stuff away through our Facebook page. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I'm off to the WWE. And, uh, you know, I've had a great idea here. And I'll talk to our producer, Casey, about this. But I'm going to shoot some video hmm, of some behind the scenes of what we're up to. So stay tuned on our Facebook page. I'm going to put it up uh probably over the next few days. So stay tuned on that one. Until next time, I'm Sean Mooney. Take care, everybody. I'm out.